All right. Welcome back to the uh, latest episode of the podcast, the Home Editions. As always, I'll be your host, the Ted Smith, the podcast. Uh, on the bottom square today on the Zoom, he goes by the name of Cobb. Cobb, what's going on? You know, a lot of friends have reached out to me this week saying they're going through hard times. COVID is hitting them, et cetera, et cetera. Stay strong out there. Persist. We got your back. Let's go, boys. Good advice. All right, back there uh, recording, getting everything all set up. Matt Conver, the producer, MCTP. What's up, Matt? Hey, Ted. <laughs> uh, as people listen to our podcast, you might notice a few new things, and uh, we're working on them. And uh, I don't know. If you hear a couple more commercials, <laughs> you know, Corporate Beast is going to do what the Corporate Beast does. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Ted, you always sound so nervous. So ner- I can hear that when there's like little vibration in your voice. I always know it's something you don't want to say. I'm just going to say that for the listeners. Right. It's like, oh, like when you call us the corporate beast, I'm like, well, it is what it is. <laughs> I don't know. You're going to have a meeting with your boss. He's going to be like, so I heard you uh, call me the corporate beast. It's like, I-, I mean, it was a general. It wasn't about you specifically. I feel like you know, we could have I mean- buried this part 20 minutes in, guys. <laughs> right? That's not my style, man. At least we led with it. Boys, we're coming out guns blazing tonight. God damn it. It's October. Cobb just took off his hoodie. His guns are out. No joke. Got a tank top. Full push brew mustache tank top. Let's go. All right. You guys talk for a second. I got to go get I, I got to cut off. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, dude. I, I was like, dang, did we tap him out that fast? That he was like, <laughs> all right, I'm getting fired for this. <laughs> oh, this is it. This is it may, goes down. Did, did you watch the Tiger King when it came out? Oh, yeah. Okay, dude, it makes me think of that scene when he was like, and that girl gets her arm ripped off by a tiger, and he immediately <laughs> is like, oh, I'll never financially recover from this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in, boys. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, the tank tops are out. Sorry for swearing, yeah. Matt, but no worries. It needed to be said. Tank tops and facial hair all around. Pythons are out of the cage. Let us cook. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. So big news for the podcast. Had a big weekend over at my buddy Sal and Jessica's house. There was a lot of good food. He smoked ribs, pork shoulder. Most importantly, though, boys, I had a hot dog. Let's go. Dude, how are we hitting all of the... All the landmarks in one week. Dude, there's a good energy in the gym, boys. There's a good energy in the gym. Nice, Ted. (laughs) He was, him and his wife were like, we're going to make all this food. I was like, I know, but can we just get one pack of hot dogs at some point on Saturday? Dude, he got, dude, that's, all right, Ted, that's what's changed about you with like your dieting, all your success in the gym is like, you get it across the line, man. Like bottom line, somebody had to do it this summer. We've been talking about it. It's like the, honestly the last day of summer, like today was hot and you just boom, dude, you got us there. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> I will say I also had a first with, uh, uh, Osiris. He was like, Hey, do, the lifting's good. We need to work on the cardio. And I was like, Ooh, like I respect that. Like you don't hear that a ton. <laughs> God <laughs> dang, man. Yeah. Cardio's tough. Wait, so what was he saying? Like he wants to up your cardio or just like the cardio is falling off or what? Yeah, he just wants to get us back to the point we were pre-COVID. That's fair. Yeah, Starting right. Because I know he checks the film. So he knows which, day, which days I'm in there and stuff. And he's like, well, I see you lifting. <laughs> <laughs> it's the fun part, man. Yeah, I know, right? I never thought I'd turn to that guy because I used to always just, when I wasn't in good shape, would always just do cardio and be like, that's enough. And now I'm like, can't we just lift more? Like, well, <laughs> we got to do both. That and, uh, man, just doing quick hit sessions at 4.2, that's a fast walk for your boy. <laughs> Dude, what what percentage shot, like, are, are, is there still any fear that you're going to get beat up by your trainer, Osiris? Yeah. If that's we keep how- using his name <laughs> like that. <laughs> dude i i've never met the man he's gonna come up and just smoke me in an alley like he's gonna come up rear naked choke and it's over you know it's either gonna be him or juicy j we all know it's coming <laughs> dude i think juicy j has another fight coming up in the ufc oh hell yeah dude i'm like i, I feel bad being like 
kind of on his side now, but I do, I do hope he does well in the UFC. That's cool. I watch a lot of UFC. Yeah, for sure. I mean, look, in our defense, I mean, we were just Drew Brokenshire guys. And that's our boy going, you know, back in the day. And him and Juicy J had a good rivalry. Somebody had to talk shit. Cobb did. Dude, I thought you were going to say, in our defense, we're just It's like, he's right, man. I haven't fought a man in years. We're not wearing sleeves. We all got facial hair. We're city Oh, dude, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, all right, right. All right, so I have one more question before we get into, like, the serious topic. So people don't know, I have this Union Jack, which is the British flag, right? Everybody's seen the design. So I got one when I went to the Seahawks game in London, and it's got the Seahawks colors, and then it's got the Seahawk logo in the middle. So I'm over at Sal and Jessica's, right? You know me, up early. Saturday, Saturday was a little rough. I was terrible at cornhole. Cornhole didn't start till 8.30 p.m. That, that's a long time for your boy. So I wake up at like 8.15 Sunday, right? It's a 10, 10 a.m. kickoff. And I'm like, ah, like kind of on that line of like, if I go back to sleep, I'll oversleep. So I'm like, I'm just going to get up. And you know me, by the point I've been at your house a few times, I'm making myself coffee. I'm showering up. So Sal's basement, it's like a sports bar and he has a pool table that's covered. So I brought my flag with me and undid it and put it around like almost like bunting around the, the pool table. <laughs> like the next morning, his wife is like, yeah, I noticed the flag. And I was like, is that okay? But now a couple of moved out. I'm like, he's, he's a Dolphins fan. So I'm like, am I the a-hole here? Dude, I didn't know that he was you. You hit me with the big twist at the end. You had me in the first half, but you hit me the big twist at the end with the ending with he's a Dolphins fan, which is for people who don't know who the Seahawks were playing. Um, His his Dolphins stuff. Oh, dude, I think you know as long as you didn't truly disrespect the man's house, I think you're okay. I think a little bit of fun, Shawnee rivalry. He knows you guys are friends. I think you're all right. What do you think, Matt? Yeah, I mean, it's not like you put holes in the drywall to hang it up or anything, you know, like you're just representing. It's still way more Dolphins stuff in the room, right? It's it's clear which one of your guys like that you're at the Dolphins fans house and the Seahawks fan brought one flag. And I don't think there's a problem with that. It's also funny because they have like one sounder scarf that's always flipped over the other side against his big chairs it says like red hook or whatever on it and finally he goes yeah i noticed the flag he goes i also noticed you flipped the scarf over to sound yourself i was like hey look they're playing today too (laughs) (laughs) well dude you know any conversation about seattle sports wouldn't be complete without mentioning that um the storm won a championship so yeah they exciting for the storm fans out there they are dominant yeah yeah definitely you know, I feel like the rain were like that for a while. They had so many women from the U.S. national team. Do you guys remember that? I feel like there was a streak in there at some point when the rain were just. So the rain were always yeah, dominant, no. but they kind of kept losing in the championship game. Oh, oh okay. Well, there you go. Not clutch. It shows you how much I follow women's soccer. They, we do have some great players, though, honestly. <laughs> right. And trust me, if one of my good friends wasn't one of the coaches, I wouldn't know so much about rain history. all right so today uh we talked about it a ton on the men's room obviously you guys saw eddie van halen died yeah right so it's just funny like with miles and thrill like that age difference comes into play there right like i remember van halen as a kid like hot for teacher and stuff but like i you know like van halen wasn't what they to me like, I just wasn't old enough. I wasn't even born in the late 70s when they were, like, making a different sound. So, right. But to those guys, it obviously was a massive thing. So I was kind of wondering, like, is there a band, an athlete, actor, I mean, any of them that just, like, I don't know, takes you back to that place and, like, reminds you of, like, this is so much different. So you mean someone that is still alive or that – Oh, no, they might, they might have passed already. Like, for me, it's gonna, always going to be Biggie. Like, I remember hearing Juicy the first time and this and that. 
they could be alive or dead. I'm just talking about like that person that had in, like, you know, just whether it was a sound or a, you know, a sport or whatever, just had an impact on you when you were younger. Oh man. Yeah. There's a bunch The two main that come to mind first are uh, Wayne Gretzky. I grew up going to the Kings games. Um, I was there when he broke Gordy Howe's record for most goals scored in an NHL career. Um, and, you know, I played hockey growing up. I was obsessed with him. I actually got his autograph right over there. The nice. Great one. That's sick. Uh, says, Matt, your friend, Wayne Gretzky. So I should say my friend, what? Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> I didn't know you were friends with him. Yeah. I mean, Dang, it I didn't right know it was there. like that. It's in writing. So uh, pretty official. <laughs> we're not Facebook friends, but we're yeah, we're we're written friends. So uh yeah, and then the other one, uh, I wasn't sure if it was alive or dead, but uh, growing up in L.A., I remember when Kobe came into the league and what a big deal that was. And I was there when him and Shaq won their first title together at Staples Center and like watching his career, watching the way that he overcame a lot of adversity and really like changed as a person as he grew up. And like, you know, the stuff that he was doing after the incident in Colorado, the way that he you know, made such an effort to promote women's sports and women's empowerment. He had his daughters and he was very he became a very strong ally for females in sports and in life uh, and, you know, was always someone that um, I'll, I'll always have the memories of. But like watching him grow up as an adult, like as I was a few years younger than him, you know, kind of helped me, uh, you know, think about things in a, in a different way beyond just what he was doing at the court and obviously his work ethic as well. So yeah, those are the two that popped to my mind. And Kobe won one after Shaq left, right? He won two with yeah. Pau Gasol. Yeah. I always think that's a big difference too, right? Cause you can make the argument like, Oh, what do you want him without Shaq? And it's like, well, he's still got two more. Right. Right. He MJ can't have... say that about Pippen. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Both of them. I'm not a Kobe over them. MJ guy. I don't get in all those debates. <laughs> Both of them had the most important player that happens to have 11 rings, Phil Jackson. That's what we're not talking about. Phil Jackson's the, the man, the, the Zen master. Yeah, but we could also make the point that Phil Jackson always had an S ton of talent. Okay, that's fair. Uh, but, you know, Phil Jackson did it without Kobe and he did it without Shaq. That's all I'm saying. You were saying Kobe did it without Shaq. It's like, yeah, okay, but Phil did it without either of them. Yeah, he did <laughs> three times. Phil. He did it with Jordan and Pippen. Yeah, yeah, I know. And Rodman, <laughs> yeah. who actually, I feel like Rodman doesn't get the credit he deserves, man. The Windex man. Yeah, Dennis Rodman. What was the worm? Was that his nickname? The worm. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's so good. But Rodman <laughs> doesn't get the credit. He was a great athlete, honestly. I'll say it. Incredible defender. Yeah. I mean, he just. You know, any other team, he would have been the, a big dog, but. Well, and in Rodman's credit, remember, he has championships in Detroit with the bad boys. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Rodman's just a physical presence, man. I think I've told you guys this, but for some reason, Dennis Rodman and I have a weird metaphysical connection. We run into each other all over the country. And I, I don't know what it is. We just, we always make eye contact. We've had this happen three times now. What? And I don't. I don't know what our vibe is, dude, but me and Dennis Rodman have some kind of weird energy. I think we end up being friends. I don't know. Or like being neighbors or something. Wait, you got to back this up a little bit. You've run into Dennis Rodman three times and just made have we never talked? Have we never talked about this? No. Okay. So, uh, dude, what's the shortest version? Okay. Uh, one time, first time I ever saw Dennis Rodman, I was in Las Vegas. I was with a bunch of friends at the, oh, man, I think it's called the Palms. I'm not sure. Um, and God, was it the poem? Whatever. It doesn't matter. I was at some hotel going up to a party. I kind of walked away by myself to like, just take a breather. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to grab a quick snack, stand in line at McDonald's. I'm like 22 years old. Who gets in line behind me? Turn around hat pulled over his eyes. Boom. Dennis Robin. I look up into his eyes, eye contact. He looks into my soul, but more importantly, I looked into his. So it was kind of a weird thing. I was like, I turn around. I didn't say anything. He like a little bit, like we wait a little bit and he's like, what's up, man? And I was like, Oh, what's up, man? Like, how's your night going? He was like, yeah, good. Super deep voice. I was like, yeah. cool, man. Me too. Driving out here. And I was like, Hey, uh, you know, 
I'm a big Sonics fan, but I'm a fan of yours too. And he was like, okay, cool, man. Cool. He's like, all right, whatever. I order my food, move on with my night. Totally forget it happened until I'm at a bachelor party in Miami. Four years later, we go in the day to check out nightclubs to go to at night. Cause we have 12 guys. So me and my buddy, Dave, who worked like uh, promotions for the Houston Rockets. Um, we go to check out nightclubs. We find one we like, we walk out and as you're, we're walking out the bottom floor, it's a top floor nightclub. We walk out the bottom floor. There's kind of a little bar. Just guess who's sitting there having drinks with his boys. My boy, my boy, DR. So again, make eye contact like, Oh, shit. I didn't say anything intentionally, but my buddy Dave, like kind of glanced at him, glanced at me. And like, obviously he knows the NBA. So I kind of just gave him like, sort of like the, the like down nod, you know, and he down gave it nod. back the down nod. Cause you, the up nod, I feel like it's someone, you know, the down nod is just like, what's up, man. I see you. Yeah. Gave him the down nod. He gave me the down nod and that was it moved on. And like, yeah, I mean, you got, you guys like bored. The other story is basically just as pedestrian. So anyway, no, I don't know. We just keep seeing. I, I'm not bored. No, I okay, think tight. the head, the up nod is just, I decide whether or not I think somebody's cool and the way I shake their hand or the way I give them the nod. So if I think they're cool and they're down, they know what the shakes about. I give them the three piece. Like <laughs> otherwise I just give them like the standard. Hey, I'm Ted. So to me, like the up nod, like I probably would have gone up nod there. Dude, nice. Okay, good. Cause I had the chance again later and I went with the same strat. So last one, Chicago airport. Uh, was it Midway or O'Hare? Uh, which one has the big, uh, which one has the big, um, neon thing in it? O'Hare. Is that O'Hare? Yeah. O'Hare. Okay. Midway's Midway. O'Hare. O'Hare moving sidewalk. I'm going one way. He's going the other. Didn't really notice him. Like I saw, you know, there, there wasn't a lot of people in there. Didn't really notice him until like literally last minute. Look up. He's a huge dude. Yeah. I mean, yeah. huge. And yeah. obviously, you know, pretty flashy. Look up, see him. Like, I didn't even think about it because I saw him at the last minute as we were about to pass. Up nod. He up nods. That was it. I don't know. That was the most special one, though. We didn't say anything, but like that one I felt, man. Like in my soul, I felt that one. So I don't know, man. I, that's all I can really tell you. I don't have any data to say what the deal is with he and I. Okay. But whatever it is, there's some connection between me and Dennis Rodman. That's it. I'm a huge fan. Now. The only thing I would say uh, the kind of in spite of your stories a little bit, like I'm not shocked you ran into Dennis Rodman in Vegas, South beach. In Chicago. <laughs> yeah, That's dude, exactly I what I was thinking. Checks out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah right like it beats like the quick litmus test like yeah that sounds about right yeah <laughs> right like, I can anyway, like three more appropriate places except maybe detroit you might run into him <laughs> yeah yeah i know and it was all like pretty big like uh you know it's not like it was like a one-on-one at a pool or something it's like all pretty big yeah you know, there's a lot of people around but i don't know we, we have a little thing he and i i also kind of anyway, yeah. that rodman had a few drinks and he's like Screw it. I'm going to get some Mickey D's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it was pretty late too. I want to say it was like, that was like, you know, one or two in the morning. So uh, maybe a little, yeah, it was after midnight for sure. Did um, you notice what he ordered? No, he was behind me. So I ordered first. I could tell you, actually, I don't know what I ordered. Was that back when they still had supersized fries? I don't remember. doesn't matter. I feel like Rodman's a solid 20 piece guy. Ooh. Yeah. I bet he gets down on some nugs. And I don't know, but probably, um, what was I going to say? Oh, Ted, your earlier question about people who, you know, inspired me. I didn't really watch a lot of sports growing up and I wasn't really that into music. Um, I definitely was a big Sonics fan. So the glove, but most importantly, Sean Kemp, the rain man who years later humiliated me in a bar. We've talked about it on the podcast. Uh, basically we took, we took a shot together. That was a highball glass full of liquor uh magris mark at the end of the night it was his bar i paid for both drinks tried to take mine as a shot it was difficult i ended up close to blackout he sure doesn't remember who i am but (laughs) it was a good time um but yeah as far as people inspire me i I don't know about that i'd say it's more probably people i've read but i'm on board yeah, I was just thinking today, like, just listening to Miles and Thrill talk, and I was like, oh, yeah, like, Eddie Van Halen, like, what he was doing on that guitar, like, nobody had heard. Yeah. So it's like, 
just listen to people explain it. You're like, oh yeah, that's completely different. So it just, it got my mind racing about thinking about when I heard Juicy and just like, I don't know how to explain it, but just the sound was different. Biggie's flow was different. It was like, holy cow. Dude, there's a few people like that who take a genre to the next level. Like Ted, you would have, you'd be the best person to ask about this, but would you say that in college, uh, Johnny Manziel did that or no, that he was that big of a difference? Oh, didn't yeah. he win the Heisman as a freshman or sophomore? Dude, me and you were together when he beat Alabama in Alabama. We were, uh, yeah. that would have been a fun day. And we were sitting at, where were we at? Dad, not Dad Watson's. What's the bar with the dogs? Oh, Norms. Norms. We were sitting in Norms. And I remember looking up at that TV like, what is that freshman doing? And like, literally, they were beating, they, nobody was beating Alabama in those years. Dude, so that's what I'm saying. I feel like every once in a while there's like a, I don't know if you'd call it a genre breaker, an iconoclast or something, but somebody who just moves the needle. Like, uh, to me, Michael Jackson was like that. Jimi Hendrix was like that. Um, uh, maybe Deion Sanders. I don't know. I wasn't, oh, um, I don't know. People would just like go so big. Michael Jordan, obviously. I would definitely put Dion on that level. Prime time was a massive deal. Tiger. Yeah. Tiger was just so good, but you're right. He changed so young. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the reason like Matt's boy, uh, the yoked up dude. That's the reason everybody crushes drives like they do now. It's like Bryson DeChambeau. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody was doing that till Tiger. Like literally, I remember like the first time he wanted Augusta at the masters, they were like, we might have to like somehow move the tees and do this and that. Like, it almost is unfair the way he's hitting the ball. That's yeah, what I mean. It's like somebody who breaks the category. He was apparently the first golfer to lift. Mm-hmm. That's what I had heard. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, they, there was a phase where they did lengthen a lot of courses that the tour stops at and they called it tiger proofing. Wow. Yeah. That's, that shows you how much they've changed the game. Yeah. They, your name proof the tiger proofing the courses and it didn't work. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, it's basically what Duke did to college basketball. They were just dominating, unfortunately, against teams like Maryland a lot in the early 2000s, mid 2000s. And it was like, all right, we got to move the three-point line back a little bit. Because it used to be you live and die with the three, but it's like they're only living. (laughs) They're not. Dude, this is not fair. Oh, man. Yeah, seriously. God. Uh, Cobb, what's the word... We were talking about Dennis Rodman. Then you brought up Sean Kemp is the term pariah. What does that mean? I feel like I've heard that associated with that Dennis Rodman. Um, so that word I couldn't define for you, but I've only ever heard it with social pariah. And in that context, it means somebody who is marginalized by society and basically associating with them looks bad to you and probably hurts your social status. Oh, Okay. See, so, I would, you know what I mean? I always think of a social pariah as somebody who's not on the same level, but is trying to get in. Uh, let's take a hmm. look. We got Google. Uh, an outcast. They were treated as social pariahs. Uh, a member of a low caste in southern India is the historical. Uh, what does it mean to be a pariah? Yeah, an outcast, a person or animal is generally despised or avoided. Wow. Yeah, it looks like it's an Indian word, I guess. Huh. Man, I had that dead wrong. I just thought it was about piranhas. <laughs> Dude, piranhas are insane. Have you guys ever seen one in person? No. no. Hope not to. I, I've never seen one in the wild. I've just seen one in like a little aquarium. Insane. One of them bit like 98% of the way through one of my friend's fingers. Actually, Ted, you know him. What? And Matt, I'll say this. He used to live at the barracks. Oh. <laughs> but we'll leave it for another time, boys. <laughs> now i'm curious i'll tell you after all right perfect uh what else are you gonna bring up uh yeah i mean right it's easy to think of like athletes that do stuff or musicians i mean for my taste sometimes too like people aren't uh i mean i forget whose line it is right i think it's a kanye line like nobody ever gives you uh flowers when you can smell them like kind of about being dead and everybody shows up with flowers, but it's like, mm. you know, oh. whether, whatever you think about Kanye these days, like I remember when college dropout came out, 
I mean, that that album was completely different and this and that. Like, he he changed a lot of the sound we have in music. Hell, I hate to give him credit, but, like, I remember the first time I saw a Yeezy, I was like, that's an ugly shoe. I'm a Nike guy. And now I'm like, those are pretty dope. <laughs> Dude, I'm totally with you. College Dropout was huge. I still think Yeezys are gross, but he definitely changed. College Dropout was, I mean, a lot of people look at that as one of the top, like, 20 albums of all time, you know, maybe top 10. I mean, that's just a great album. I've never been a huge Kanye guy, but he definitely moved the needle. I've watched a lot of documentary footage on Ice-T these last few days, and I was not fully aware of, like, the historical impact and timing of, like, when he was coming up and doing what he was doing. Um, He's arguably the first real gangster rapper. Right. Right. I just know him as a dude from Body Count. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like Big rapped about all that stuff, but Big never did that stuff. That was kind of the thing. Right. Like he lived in the neighborhood and his buddies did stuff, but like, I don't know. You'll hear you'll hear interviews with his mom where she's like, Yeah, my son never did that. It just it was his style. Right. You know, in the same way that like Jay-Z back in the day had Damon Dash. And Damon Dash was like, You do the rapping, we'll get the money. Don't worry about how we get there. <laughs> yeah well and jay-z you know he said that he was like on the corner selling rock as well i don't know if that's verified or whatever but well i mean yeah that's a whole nother discussion you gotta ask dame that <laughs> <laughs> really dang yeah and i know mac dre similar story um out of san francisco his crew was you know obviously selling mdma to pay for his recording career which was starting to blow up so yeah, it's funny, too, how, like, you get protected in those areas, right? Because, I mean, you even look at, like, a Kevin Durant. Like, we're both from PG County. Kevin Durant obviously grew up in a different part of the county than I did. But it's one of those things where it's, like, he was so good at ball, people are, like, like you're not going to run with us. You're not going to do this or that. You know, it's almost like you protect him if you want him. You know, it's like, I don't know. You ever seen Above the Rim? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. That was a for some of the people on this podcast, that'll be a deep reference, but it's like one of those things. Like you want, you want the guy that can shine and make your neighborhood seem great. So you don't want him to get in the same trouble that you're doing. Yeah, right. totally. You know, it's like, yeah. Boosting them up rather than dragging them down. Yeah. And I mean, on a different, much smaller level, right? Like we do the same things, right? Like there, how many times have you seen me tell somebody like, Hey man, don't be drinking these beers at the pace I'm drinking them. <laughs> you're not gonna keep up you know i remember one year at meltdown i'll leave the name out but just like waking up out of a grab zero grab chair and being like be careful with that joint it's a very strong joint (laughs) (laughs) dude i remember that all right like without giving too much detail do you remember the movie pulp fiction yeah of course okay you know when that guy or wait, is it the girl? Yeah, when the guy shoves the needle of adrenaline into the girl's heart and she like ah and comes back to life. Yeah. That was you coming out of like that sleep or trance or whatever to tell them not like, no, oh, don't be careful with that joint, man. <laughs> and then right back down into the zero gravity chair. Like you came out of nowhere. You came out of a deep, deep dark slumber to give that warning. I always thought it was funny. I mean, I was there the whole time, but I was clearly kind of incapacitated, if you will. But I just saw one person like, yeah, sure, I'll smoke this. And it's like, ah, hang on, man. <laughs> <laughs> those those cavi cones, right? Or cavi yeah. cones? Those things yeah. were ridiculous. God, they yeah. were ridiculous. Those are irresponsible. That's the real word for it. They, they were, were irresponsible. I don't think they even make them anymore because I think the state was like, legit, these are too much. Dude, yeah, that was like the M1000 of joints. Like, there's like, people are losing fingers. Like, we got to shut it down. God, I remember those things, man. Jesus. God. Well, the worst part is, is like, every once in a while, I just pop out of a corner and be like, should we smoke one of these? (laughs) (laughs) Would you guys like to get high? (laughs) <laughs> and then you'd be like, hey, man, be careful. And you always had like that panicked look with your eyes went wide. And you're like, hey, be careful with this one. Right. <laughs> he still does that with edibles. Yeah. And trust me, I have let uh, some things down with edibles before. Because sometimes men confident. <laughs> like, again, I'm not going to name names, but uh, somebody we all know missed like half a Super Bowl. And I was like, I should have never given you that full 10. Like, I knew you could handle it. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, people get confident, definitely. Yeah, I was especially if they've got a couple beers in them, or they're you know the they like the music, they're having a good time. Yeah, I had a buddy a couple weeks ago. We were just watching the Seahawks game, and uh, we oh yeah, we had hang we had uh, shaved a mustache into him the night before, so he's a little hungover. <laughs> And finally, I go, listen, you don't do a lot of marijuana. I'm going to take a 10 and cut you off a little corner. Should be about two and a half, three percent. I go, number one, it'll help you with the indigestion. Number two is we're watching a damn football game. It'll make you hungry again. <laughs> like by halftime, I was like, dude, you're right. This feels pretty good. But if I had given him a 10, I would have lost him for the day. Oh, yeah. He's gone. Uh, he would have been wandering around Capitol Hill with that handlebar mustache, just acting, a- asking to get taken down by Antifa. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kyle, do we have some emails? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> cover songs. Uh, we're sitting here with the greatest podcast in all the land. All the land. And we talk about cover songs. Sorry, I'm in an Iverson kick right now. Haha. Ha. Uh, the version of True Colors by Justin Timberlake and Anna Kendrick from Trolls is hands down better than the Cindy Lauper. Uh, but that's to be expected because all JT makes is bangers. If you don't agree, I'll, cro- I'll quote the great Donnie T. Trump. Wrong. P.S. Come on, Mark. Don't be stingy. Jaden. <laughs> Maybe that's a Mark Cuban reference. Yeah, I don't know who Mark is. Did you know that's Justin Timberlake on the chorus of Where is the Love by Black Eyed Peas? Yes. And then so I didn't know that he did the original chorus. And then right after that, they brought Fergie into the band. So every time in concert and stuff, people always just assume it's Fergie. But that was JT. Yeah, I remember. It was a little different of a rap group before that. Wow. Then they then they got a little poppy, which is fine. They made a bunch of money. <laughs> I love Fergie. Some people think she's not the prettiest in the face. And I'm like, well, there's more to a woman than one aspect. She's got <laughs> bars, too. Right. <laughs> Hello, Ted, Cobb, and Matt. This would be a topic I could talk about for hours, but we don't have that much time. I'll give you my top five favorite covers in no particular order. Detroit Rock City, performed by Kiss, covered by the Mighty Mighty Boston's. Gold Dust Woman, performed by Fleetwood Mac, covered by Hole. Wow, I forgot about Hole. And the Mighty Mighty Boston's. Boston's put uh, in. Josh likes them. Yeah. Uh, Easy, performed by the Commodores, covered by Faith No More. Rain and Blood, performed by Slayer. Covered by Body Count. Yeah. And Sale, originally performed by AWOL Nation, covered by Devil Driver. I'm going to check that one out. I love the song Sale. Yeah, I, I love Devil Driver. I think you'll enjoy that. Actually, I uh, pretty- Matt, oh, go ahead. I really liked AWOL Nation. I should start listening to them again. Sale. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's my cover. Uh, Matt, Neil Young performed Cinnamon Girl, if someone hasn't told you by now. Oh, did I uh, say I Neil Diamond? Well. Uh, Probably. I have no idea. Okay. I hope you're all doing well. Stay safe and do your civic duties soon. Stevie, the Packers fan. Nice. Thanks, Stevie. Greetings to the greatest podcast in all the land. All the land. All the land. I'm not checked in in quite a while. It's the old guy stuck in Minneapolis. Yes, I'm still stuck here. I can't tell you how much listening to the podcast each week makes me feel like I'm back home in Seattle. Thank you. Uh, As for the topic. Yeah. Right. That's dope. Uh, Sorry, Matt. Um, As as for the topic, best song remake, Garth Brooks, shameless. Billy Joel did it first. And I believe he prefers Garth's version too. Don't fact check me. Just shooting from the hip. My wife dedicated that song to me at our wedding and our 25th anniversary is this month. So maybe it's just top of mind. If you have time to read the next part, oh, if you don't have time to read the next part, no worries. We do. If I can go back a week, uh, uh, the song that hits me emotionally, uh, the band may surprise you, Bowling for Soup, When We Die. Boys? I remember the name of that band, I and I remember what they look like, but I don't remember that song. Yeah. Same. Not super familiar with those guys. 
I remember them. They existed. I just remember they had a big dude in the band. And at that time, I was still like 300 pounds. I was like, I like this band. <laughs> nice. I just threw it in my browser to check out when this cast's over. Uh, a bit of the backstory. When I'm having a bad day or just in a funk, I turn to watching music videos. Like back in the day when MTV only showed music videos, that's if you were fortunate enough to have cable. My girlfriend did. <laughs> I like that he brings up the girlfriend after like, that's eh, our 25th wedding anniversary, but you know, shout out to simpler times with Skin of Max and my girlfriend. <laughs> um, I was <laughs> Dude, straight up real quick. I left a charger at my buddy's house. So was, I wake up Monday morning. This would be way too personal. You know, I like to wait all week for a little uh, self-relief, if you will. I wake up Monday morning, like 4 a.m. And I'm like, I got to get this out of me. I chill out. My phone's dead. And I had to be like, on my remote, be like, uh, showtime. I'm like, fine. It's <laughs> 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 Max movie. Wow, dude, going old school. It felt so old school, man. God, dude. That's like, dude, I wonder... As, you know how there's like meetups for like old car guys, like guys with hot rods and stuff. Like how crazy would it be if like, as the internet ages, there's meetups for like guys who are like, yeah, man, I used to watch uh, HBO uncut too. <laughs> Dude, trust me. There is, they're just outside of strip clubs. <laughs> what was we- the HBO late night one? What was that called? Real sex. Real sex. Thank you. We were pretty quick on that one, Ted. Jinx. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we said it at the exact same time. And then Showtime, <laughs> was it Showtime that had Red Shoe Diaries? Ooh, I don't remember. <laughs> I remember that being a thing. Oh, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> Could have been anything, man. I don't know. <laughs> Dude, y'all are ridiculous. Um, <laughs> I, was allowing, uh, I was allowing YouTube to play whatever. And when it rolls from BFS 1985 to when we die, I started watching the video and the little kid looks just like my youngest son. Well, thinking about all the other stuff going on, uh, it all hit me and I sat there crying. The message of the song is great. We don't get back time when we die. So make up for your mistakes and rebuild relationships that are broken. Side note, the $6 million man, uh, Lee Majors plays the dad in the video. Uh, You guys stay safe and keep doing what you're doing. It feels like home to me. (laughs) Who's that from? Is that Ian? You told me early on, if they don't sign their name at the end, not to say it. (laughs) I try to stick by that. He did put his, I mean, in the two, it obviously says their name, but he didn't sign it. I, I I don't know. Your call. No, I'm just saying, am I close? (laughs) Who'd you say? Ian? No, no. My bad, Ian. Wrong guy. Wrong guy in Minnesota. Ron guy, to, yeah, to pin a, a lifetime of Skinamax and an ex-girlfriend on. Uh, <laughs> greetings to the greatest podcast in all the land. All the all land. land. On the topic of song covers, Cobb mentioning the Johnny Cash cover of the song Hurt would be near the top of my list. Dude, I'm happy you said that. I was feeling like, I was feeling a little attacked. Uh, my top pick, well, I'm just not a big music, I'm not that big of a music guy, and you guys are, so I was just like, Okay. I took a, took a shot. Uh, my top pick takes me back to being a teenager listening to 107.7 in high school. The song is We Will Become Silhouettes by The Shins. The song is originally by the Postal Service, but The Shins knocked it out of the park with their cover. It's worth a listen if you know the original. Going back a couple of weeks, a song that sticks with me emotionally is Hands Open by Snow Patrol. I listened to that song all the time when I was driving to the hospital daily to see my dad, who was dying of cancer at the time. Take care and thanks for the greatest podcast in all the land. All the land. All the land. Chaz in Wyoming. Soon to be Chaz in Seattle. I got a new job and I'm headed there next month. Chaz, nice. we had a whole neighborhood named after you. Get over here, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, Ted, sometimes you're just funny as hell, man. Um, that that's it. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's check in with what's happening. <laughs> All right, uh, yeah. So I had a uh, fun weekend. Um, what was that? That was Saturday. Uh, Tyler and I went up to Leavenworth. Uh, didn't realize it was Oktoberfest when we went. We actually went just to go golfing because uh, my buddy Kyle Court, 
I went golfing with him last week as well. And uh, JT um, from Clover Jane and all a million bands and Jake from 10 miles wide, a million bands, bunch of musicians. We had a great time last Wednesday up at Battle Creek in Marysville. And then Kyle told me, yeah, I went golfing in Leavenworth. And I was like, that sounds rad. So Tyler and I went up there Saturday uh, to go golfing. Had an awesome time, been working on some stuff in the simulator, getting my drive more Bryson-like. And, uh, you know, she's coming along well, too. So we had a great day golfing, uh, like, right at the base of the Enchantments. Awesome golf course. Uh, By the way, my brother seemed almost personally offended that I have not played 18 on your simulator. <laughs> oh, we'll get you over here <laughs> ASAP, Ted. I know he was like, you haven't played it yet? And I was like, well, last time I was there, they were still setting it up. Like, I sent not- him a video of it the other day. It was pouring down rain and I looked at and I just like shot out the window and then panned over to the simulator like golf weather. Uh, (laughs) That's sick. Yeah. So anytime, Ted. Um, And yeah, so it was a ton of fun playing in Leavenworth. And then afterwards, our buddy George uh, was out there along with our other buddy Nick. And it was uh, so we met up with them. Nick ran 30 miles with elevation in the mountains that day to celebrate his 30th birthday party. Wow. Jesus. Yeah. He was, he was limping a little bit, but uh, what a like jolt of just awesome energy to be around. Someone that just accomplished something that nuts. Uh, I forget exactly how much elevation it was, but a lot, 30 miles uh, going up and down hills. Um, for his birthday present to himself. <laughs> that seems just about right for him though. Like, right? I, love, I mean, that dude's crazy. I love it. Like, exactly. like I respect yeah, that. Yeah. Almost everybody else. Like that seems way too crazy. Like that seems right for Nick. Yeah. <laughs> dude, little stories like that make me want to push myself so much more. You know what I mean? I'm like, what did I do? Like I laid on my couch, probably watched a couple YouTube videos. That's dope. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I do push-ups when the Seahawks score. Like, Okay, good for you, dude. And he's like 30 miles uphill both ways. Yeah, basically. Barbed wire wrapped around my bare feet for traction, bitch. Come at me. <laughs> uh, yeah, so awesome weekend. And uh, yeah, just uh, a lot of golf. How crazy was Leavenworth for Oktoberfest? Dude. It was wild. We were sitting outside of the place and got a table and stuff, but it was very crap. And so we didn't go inside a bunch. I don't know what the insides of those places were, but even outside, it was a lot like Tyler and I aren't big. I know it's different in the city, but I'm not a big like wear a mask outside guy. And walking up, it was like, let's put these masks on. <laughs> like, Even though we're outside, this is a ton of people. Yeah, and I love Leavenworth, but I have I have heard some stories from Oktoberfest where I'm just like, that's aggressive. <laughs> yes, the energy it is. was good. Oh, solid. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I guess it's about that time. Uh boop, doop, doop, boop, cob topic. Cob topic. Ted, real quick on the Leavenworth thing. You guys like metal shows and rock shows? I have been in the pit of October. Like they actually have a pit in Oktoberfest. That's how rowdy it gets in Leavenworth. Wow. But it's a polka pit. It's polka music, but there's like a a legit mosh pit. Wow. I know. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I keep (laughs) here. The polka pit. Yeah, I should trademark that. That's good. Um, I'm putting, that in the, anybody, but. I'm putting that in the description. I'm putting that in the episode description. <laughs> we discuss welcome sports icons to and the poker poke pits. And welcome back to the. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, I keep, you know, for some people around the country, probably the protests are no longer happening. They definitely are in Ted, my neighborhood, uh, right outside the window. And so I keep seeing this moniker ACAB. Uh, graffitied on everything, ACAB, ACAB. And I, I heard the protesters chanting. I don't know if we can say the word at the end of this. Uh, Matt, you can believe me if we can't, but the chant is what? Ted, would you like to explain what it is so I don't? 
So the, <laughs> I just hate saying it. It's not my favorite thing. The chant is, man, I almost feel bad saying it. The chant is all cops are bastards. A-C-A-B. Right. I just wasn't sure if we could say the B part. So um, with that, it got me thinking like just about the personality type, the psychology behind uh, people who end up as police officers, you know, tough job um, in some places, low pay, long hours, other places like Seattle, really high pay. But, you know, it certainly takes a certain personality type to want to be somebody who goes out and actually enforces the rules, you know, good or bad, you know, whatever you think about cops, that really doesn't matter. Uh, you don't need to email us about that. But uh, my, the cop topic this week, I was just thinking about different jobs and how personality types match up with those. The cop topic is what careers or jobs most attract psychopaths? Feel free to email us, email at thepodcast.com or hit us up on the Twitter machine. I'm not saying cops are psychopaths. It just got me thinking about psychology. What jobs are you like, wow, man, that guy was kind of a psychopath. I mean, I don't know if I'd use the term psychopath because all these dudes are very tough, but those fishermen, craft fishermen in Alaska, that is a different, different breed. Like there's no chance to do that job. Oh God, dude, I'd be broken in the first, like, I mean, you know, maybe if I like took enough, I've, I've heard a lot of those guys do like, uh, like amphetamines and stuff like that. Maybe if I took a lot of those, I could do it, but God, man, that's no too cold. And you're just getting like, yeah, I'm with you. But I mean, like, you know, we've interviewed some of those guys in studio and stuff. And I forget the one guy that always worked on, uh, on the boat with the Hansons. I kind of got in trouble here and there. We had him in one day and I just in the studio was like, yeah, man, like you always come off as like the really tough dude, blah, blah, blah. Like, is that just kind of like a thing or is that you? And he's like, you want to go? I was like, what? And he's like, do you want to go? And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm asking a question as a fan of the show. Like, I, just, I, <laughs> I want no part of a physical fight. You, you did answer it very well, though. <laughs> Yeah, right. Point was sent home. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Right, so that... that I was going to say, there's... Right, and I have a buddy that's a diver that does stuff, too. Like, on oil rigs and stuff. And I like Matt. He's a good dude. Different Matt. But just... That's a different breed of person. Yeah, especially when they're diving, like, welding underwater and stuff. Like, that's a wild job. That's what he does. Yeah. Wild job. A lot of injuries, difficult job, good pay. Do, do you mean psychopath and like the colloquial definition or like straight up, like by the book? Cause I'm not sure. I'm entirely sure what the scientific definition of a psychopath is. Whatever you want, whatever works better for your purposes. Okay. Um, well, I always thought that uh, radio had a lot of the good kind of psychos in it just like characters that uh you know really there's a level of like being a bit of maybe a pariah would be the right term like i always felt like people found their way into it because we're a little bit off but everybody was super cool and like all about having a good time and making the most of their like little quirks that maybe society would have like looked down on and like being ridiculed and you just developed an interesting we there's just an interesting viewpoint of the world and of ourselves. And it was a lot of fun. But I definitely referred to people in the industry as psychos many times when I was in it. I'm not saying it now, but that's how I used to feel. Yeah, there's a lot of people in our industry. They're definitely like in high school and stuff, kind of outcast to get into it. But yeah. no way, no good way to say this. Like I was very popular in high school and stuff, but. I'm also a psychopath in the fact that like I heard somebody talk on the radio and you know what? I bet I could do that better and make a living just off talking. Right. Right. And I think there's a moment like that for everybody in radio, which people literally told me I was crazy when I was like, I'm going to be on the radio. Like that's, you know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, that is a preposterous assessment, self-assessment to make. And, you know, shout out to people that ran with it and made it happen. Yeah. Cobb? Well, you guys were much more positive, much more positive spin on this, which I respect you for. 
you know, especially during these tough times. I heard about, so I'm always curious about what people do for work. What obscure businesses are there that people are into? Well, when you sign your, on your license in Washington state, when you get a renewal, you can sign up to be an organ donor. You guys are familiar with this. If people are in other parts of the country, whatever you probably, or other countries, you probably heard of organ donors. And what they don't tell you is that the number, what do you guys think the number one organ you're donating is just quick off the cuff? Eyes. Matt, what do you think? Um, heart. Ted's right. It's your eyes. So the person I was talking to has a friend who makes crazy money and his job is to go to like, you know, people who get in car accidents, et cetera, and cut out their eyeballs and bring them to the hospital to put the lenses and other parts into someone else's eyes. But he's the dude with like, you know, the spoon who goes in there and just like, thanks for what? your eyes. I make I make 200 grand a year. Boom. Psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> Just seriously imagine that rolling up to a dead body. You got to pry its little like eye skin open. And then you're like, oh, okay, grandma pop. And you just pop that thing out. God, so cornea. Yeah. Yeah. That's what the cornea transplants. The big one. You're right. Oh, it just seems like the organ over the years that would last the most. <sighs> yeah. It's just God, man. Like I feel like there should be a separate box to check if they can like rip your eyes out versus, you know, like I would still do both, but you just, it makes you think about it for a second. It's like, I God, mean, as soon as I die, because the body's probably still hot and there's like, yeah. all right, pop those things Ugh. out. What do you mean? If you have an open casket, they don't keep the eyes open. God, I wow. know, man. It's just wild. For the eyes record. Are, wow. If somebody say, out there is stoned and listening to this, I hope, I hope they're thinking about how crazy eyes are like, Cause that'll just blow my mind sometimes when I'm high. Like, what are these things doing in my school? Like, well, dude, eyes are fascinating. I'm with you. Eyes are the one way you can actually like save yourself from wild animals and stuff. Cause it's just instinctual. Like you poke somebody in the eye or I don't know. I mean, ideally if you're getting attacked by a great white attack his eyes. Dude, that's what I've always said. That's, that's like one of those things from like childhood where you always thought you'd have to like worry about quicksand and like, it's never really come up. Same thing. Like I've always thought about stabbing a great white in the eyes. If I'm in its mouth. Yeah. I'm envisioning taking a lot of damage from a bear, but somehow like just pushing his eyes. In. Like Chubbs from having going, I got his eye. Right. Maybe we're the psychopaths. <laughs> <laughs> That's the real answer. <laughs> don't don't email us that that's we already know <laughs> right, there you go. It's another the home episode uh i was gonna say i got some time off but we will still be back next week yeah Woo! Yeah, no worries might be fired up but we'll uh we'll get it done and then uh yeah i would say uh thanks everybody for hanging out make sure you listen subscribe whatever tell your friends we're blowing this bitch up yeah let's go right. 2020 for MCTP, for Cobb and Ted Smith, this is the podcast. Cheers. <laughs>